Good morning, Empower Church. You look beautiful this morning. Once again, welcome to all our online viewers, Facebook, YouTube, Church Online. Thank you for joining us this morning. I know that God is gonna do something incredible as we continue in our time together. I want us to do something quickly before we start jumping into God's Word. I want you to close your eyes. If you're driving, don't just just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to do something with me this morning. It's something that I do every time when I come to God with an expectation. And that is to say, yes, Lord. You might sit here this morning saying, Eric, I don't know what I'm saying yes to. That's fine. He knows. But what I want us to do this morning is to say, yes, Lord, to whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do in my life today, God, yes. Whatever your intentions is for my life, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, I have this one prayer this morning that you would reveal the beauty of Jesus to us today. In Him lies everything we need. And I pray that every single person in this place this morning, everybody online, every one of us, I include myself, Lord, show us again the beauty of Jesus. Show us the wonders of His grace. Show us the the love that He has for us. The love that is able to change anything and anyone. It's our greatest desire, God, that we would see the Word being revealed to us this morning. Holy Spirit, wear me like a glove. Put me on like a jacket. Speak through me in this morning. Speak through the intentions of the Father. The desire that He has to make the love of God known to us. Break open to us treasures in this day. Show us. Show us the pearl of great price, God. Help us to make that discovery. As individuals this morning, help us to discover the treasures of life. Jesus, we bless you. We give you glory and honor. You are worthy. You have always been and you will always be. Jesus, we give you our highest praise in this day. We give you our highest praise. I just sense as we're praying that God is tugging at the hearts of people this morning. Sense these people here this morning, you've been sensing that tug on your heart. As you sit here this morning, you feel that drawing of God. It's like God is calling you closer. If that's you this morning and you're saying, God, I want to respond. To that tugging, just there we are. Just lift your hands to Him. It's not important for anybody else to see. Say, Jesus, I want to come closer. 
I want to respond to the tugging on my heart. Thank you, I see all these hands. I bless you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you tug at the hearts of men and women in such a way, Lord, that, that we are able to respond. I pray for every person that's got a hand raised in this place. God, that this day that they will come back to you. They will run into the arms of their father again. Be overwhelmed by the beauty of your grace. The incredible love of the father. And the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning about the pearl of great price. I want to speak to you this morning about a, a treasure hidden in a field that God wants us to discover. I believe God wants to break open treasures this morning. I believe God wants to reveal his heart to people this morning. And it's my prayer for you. I've prayed it this whole week that in this day that you will make a discovery today that will leave your life changed forever. Come on, if there's somebody that's saying, I want to make that discovery this morning, won't you raise a hand? Come on. So won't you open your Bibles, Matthew chapter number 13. Matthew chapter number 13. I'm going to be reading from verse 44 to verse 46. Just three verses. Powerful, powerful scripture. We find Jesus, um, Matthew chapter number 13, He just uses various parables and I just love the way how Jesus uses parables. Parables are such a, a beautiful way that Jesus used to communicate truth to people. It's like it was so simple that um, some people couldn't understand it and it was so easy that anybody could understand it. But he shared stories in ways that opened up not just spiritual truths, but the heart of the Father. And this morning, I want us to look at these scriptures as, as Jesus speaks about a treasure and a pull. And I want us to discover something this morning. So I'm gonna read the scripture and then share some thoughts with you as we go. Matthew chapter number 13, verse 44. It says, the, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. Verse 35, 45. Again, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking for beautiful pearls. When he had found one pearl of great price, say with me, great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I'm sure many of you have read this parable before. I've heard many people share on this parable before. One thing that I find interesting is I look back on what I've heard and what I've read and studied about the specific passages of Scripture is that many people debate on what the treasure is actually all about. I think for us to draw something from the Scripture and walk away with something that will leave our lives forever changed, we've got to have an understanding of what Jesus was speaking about when He said a treasure and a pull. 
Many people believe that the treasure is God's word. There's scriptures like Psalm 119. I'm not exactly sure what verse of scripture it is, but in Psalm 119, the, the writer says that the word of the Lord is like a treasure that I have discovered. Many scholars believe that the treasure that Jesus speaks about here is the nation of Israel. There's various scriptures in the Bible, Exodus 19, one of them, where God says, you are my treasured people. You are like a treasure to me. I've heard some scholars say that the treasure that Jesus was referring to here is truth. Proverbs 23 verse 23 says, buy truth and sell it not. I'd love to preach on that one day because there's such power found in that scripture. So many people look at these scriptures from different angles. And most scholars would agree that the treasure that Jesus is speaking about here is the discovery of himself. I wanna to submit to you this morning that I believe that Jesus was speaking about two different treasures here. In both these stories, there's treasure that Jesus speaks about. One is a treasure found in a field and the other one is a pearl of great price. But the one man seeks the treasure and the other one stumbles upon it. It means that it speaks about two different treasures to me. And I want us to look at these scriptures again and maybe just look at what Jesus is trying to tell us. Because on face value, we can say, well, Jesus is the treasure. Um, let's sell all, let's lay down our lives so that we can find Him, which is absolutely true. And I think God will break that open to us this morning. But there's something found in here that I believe is crucial for us to understand, especially as Empowered Church where we are now and what God is busy doing in this church. If we can understand the heart of Jesus in this passage of Scripture, it will change our lives forever. So can we read the Scripture again and just pause here and there? Everybody still okay? Quickly look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm finding treasure today. If you're online, type that, say, I'm finding treasure today. So Matthew 13 verse 44 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. I want you to know that this wasn't uncommon back in the day. Remember back in the day, they didn't have APSA, Standard Bank, Capitec. You had no place to put your money other than hide it somewhere in a field. Everybody still with me? Many scholars have debated, okay, you know, was this somebody's treasure? The reality is the treasure found in that field belonged to somebody. That somebody could still be alive, that somebody could be dead. Um, many people have looked at it from Roman history, uh, from Jewish history. What do you do when you find a treasure? What are you supposed to do? We see that this man stumbles upon a treasure. He's either working in that field or he's walking through the field and he just stumbles upon something. Whoever you've ever found treasure in your life? Okay, we just watch it out now because some people you're like, okay, you know, just checking where the, 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 all the people with something in the bank account is at. But for us, treasure looks a whole lot different than it might look to your neighbor. You might say, well, I've stumbled upon the lotto not too long ago. Okay, it's just Richard that found that funny. Um, some people have found um, a, a treasure of monetary value. Some of you might say, well, my spouse sitting next to me is my treasure. That would have been a great thing to say. Some of you might say, well, my kids are like treasure to me. But we all look at treasure in a different way. I actually Googled in this week the different treasures, like actual treasures, gold and, and silver that's been found um, throughout history. There's been some amazing discoveries. Some of these discoveries have been like uh, exactly what the Bible means when it says he just stumbled upon it. Some people stumbled upon great riches. I believe that we stumble upon Jesus. Allow me to submit to you friends that we do not find God, God finds us. 
I've heard so many people preach the gospel message as one to go and seek for this treasure, which is called Jesus. In reality, none of us can seek God for ourselves. If it wasn't for the drawing of God, we will never find Him. If it wasn't for God making Himself, himself available to be found, we will never find Him. The best we can do is to stumble upon Him. Some of you seated in this place this morning watching online, there might be people watching the stream months from now and you will stumble upon a treasure in this day. Somewhere in your life, you were meeting somebody, you went to some service, you listened to some podcast, and just by the truth that's been revealed to you, you stumbled upon the greatest treasure that man can ever find, and that's Jesus. <laughs> I tell you now, it doesn't matter how amazing your wife is, it doesn't matter how much money you've got in the bank, it doesn't matter how cool your kids are, there's no treasure greater than Jesus. There's no treasure greater than Jesus. Bible says everything, everything is found in Him. Paul writes to the church of Colossians, I think it's in chapter number two, and he says all treasures are in Christ. Meaning everything you have is found in Christ. My wife is in Christ. My children is in Christ. Everything that I have is in Christ. Everything that I own, it's in Christ. Whatever's in my bank account, it doesn't matter how much or how little, it's in Christ. It's in Him that I live and move and have my being. And I think that's where so many people are, 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 are challenged in life, is we look to various other things and people and whatever monetary value that we attach to different objects in our life as the treasures in our lives. Jesus Himself said, your heart will be where your treasure is. And if I say Jesus is the greatest treasure, 90% of you clapped and said, shout, amen, hallelujah, that's true. But the question that we've got to ask ourselves, and I can't ask that question for you, you've got to ask it for yourself, is your heart where your treasure is? Because with my mouth, I can say that Jesus is my greatest treasure. But if I'm not aligning how I live with what I say, then the reality is not. For many believers, even people sitting in this church, maybe, okay, now of course you will never do that, but there might be other believers out there that confess Jesus is their greatest treasure, but they live with hearts that's pursuing a treasure of some other sort. Our hearts are drawn to what we value most. And you know what the beautiful thing about Jesus is? Is that He's not angry because our affection is turned to something else, because He understands the ignorance of people. And that's why He desperately wants His word, the truth of His good news to be revealed to people because He knows it doesn't matter what your heart is focused on. If the truth is shared with you, if the gospel is revealed to you in an unadulterated way, your affection will automatically turn to Jesus. And that's my prayer for us this morning, that we will again see the beauty of Jesus. So it's like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found, he stumbled upon it, and then he hid it. He finds something, he knows, okay, this is of such great value, I cannot have anybody discover this again. So he hides it again. And then it says, he goes and he sells everything that he has. Makes me think of the rich young ruler. I think it's Matthew chapter number 19 where Jesus said to that rich young man, he says, go and sell everything you have and come and follow me. 
this man goes and he sells everything he has. Listen to what the Bible says. He sells everything he has. He sells everything he has. He doesn't just empty out one account. He doesn't go and just find one treasure chest of himself and goes and buy the field. He gives everything. Every piece of clothing in his closet, his house. Back then he didn't have a car, probably his donkey. Whatever he owned, he gives everything to buy a field. Because in that field, he knows is something of incredible value. But what we miss there, <laughs> we miss there. We see, it says he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. And, and, and I've read over a word that we miss. We've all read this story. A man finds a treasure, it's amazing, hides it, goes, sells everything, buys the field, treasure is mine. But there's a word in that scripture that I've never heard any scholar preach on. I've heard, I've heard some, I've read it in some studies this week, but there's one word that I believe is the key word for us this morning. It's with great joy. Can I read the scripture again? And I just want us to see where the word joy is mentioned. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found with great joy. Well, of course he had great joy, but he found it. But the word joy is not mentioned there. It says, and for joy over it, he goes and he sells. Many of us make the discovery with joy, but how many of us sells with great joy? <laughs> so I want us to think about this man. He finds the treasure. He knows that he'll need to sell everything that he owns. Valuable possessions, things that he have acquired over I don't know how many years. He knows that he's, he's got to sell everything to be able to buy the field. And because that treasure is of such value to him, he sells what he has with joy. <laughs> it's like my favorite donkey. It's like, God, I love this donkey. He's like, you can have this donkey. And he knows it doesn't matter how much that donkey meant to him, whatever he's getting for that donkey will help him to buy the greatest treasure he's ever found. Whatever he has, he gives it away. He sells it so that he can buy that treasure. Friends, I've, I've got to be honest with you. Looking back on how many years that I've had the pleasure not just to journey with God myself, but walk with people as they journey with God. I must be honest with you that so many people have discovered the treasure, but they're not living in joy. And the question I ask myself is, if you're not living in joy, then how much of the treasure have you actually discovered? I'm not here to, to offend anybody this morning. Really, I'm not. I'm asking you that question. Reflect on your own life. I did this week on, my, my, on mine. With what joy are you currently living? What's the amount of joy that you carry with you from day to day? And if you're not living in joy, then how much of the treasure have you discovered? <laughs> yep. 
I see some preachers that preach a message without any joy. I'm thinking to myself, that's why nobody's responding to an altar call. That's why nobody's running to the front saying, Jesus, I want what I can see in that man. It's because we've preached the gospel that's not filled with joy anymore. Last time I checked, it was good news, not just any news. It was good news. Come on. How good is this news still to you and me? Hey, when you share the goodness of Jesus with your kids, are they actually excited to believe what you believe? When you share your testimony with your colleagues, are they actually excited to hear what you've got to say? Once again, please, I'm not here to offend anybody. But we've got to ask these questions because we're living in a day and age where there's more than enough people preaching about Jesus. But there's not enough people living like Jesus. And Jesus was a man found in great joy. I don't know who of you have watched the Chosen series. Because there's a couple of excited people, including my own household. Um, if you've never watched it, it's such an a, a, amazing um, portrayal of, of, of the life of Jesus. It's a series on Netflix. It's, it's beautiful. It is on Netflix, am I right? Not. It's not on Netflix. It's on, it's on, it's on the app. Thank you, Richard. If you haven't downloaded the app, just look for the Chosen app. I promise you it will bless you. You know what blesses me about that series? Is that the guy that they chose to, to live the life of Jesus in this series, he actually looks like good news. <laughs> it's a man that smiles. It's a man that carries that humility and that grace, that love of God. Friends, come on, people need to look at our lives and say, yes, man, you know what? If I look at Pastor Stefan and Milani, I can see that they're enjoying what they're doing. And can I just say, that's what I love about the two of them is I can see that they love God. They love life. They love one another. They love their kids. They love this church. I see many people sitting here. And if I see you, you're always smiling. That's the beauty of Jesus. I love it when I greet Vilma in the mornings. They're like, how's it? How's it? And every time, it doesn't matter how it's going in your life, that can net nie beter gaan nie. It's fantastic. Amazing. Super awesome. Come on, do people look at our lives and see that great joy? Can you imagine this man there in the marketplace selling off his donkey, his clothes, his cutlery, everything. He sells everything. Everything. And he does it with such joy. People might be like, dude, what are you doing? You're selling everything here. He says, it's fine, don't worry. I've got, <laughs> I've got something I'll share with you later. The beautiful story is we've got to share it now. Vilma, why are you so happy? Because of Jesus, man. The greatest treasure that I can ever find. The greatest treasure. I want to leave this thought with you quickly. This man that discovered this treasure, I guarantee you, I bet you, that you didn't have to do any, well, let me just say this. After that discovery, he was smiling. It's like a man that just gets married. Have you seen a man that just gets married? 
West Linton. <laughs> I asked him, he got married just a month or two ago. I asked him this morning, how's the married life? And he didn't really say anything. He just smiled at me and I was like, I see exactly what you mean, but hey, come on, isn't it true? Some people, you don't have to ask them, are you happy? You can see they're happy. Why? Because they've discovered something of great joy. Whether it's a man on its wedding day, whether it's a guy that just um, got paid some massive bonus, or whether it's a discovery that every believer needs to walk with, that I have found Jesus. People need to look at us and see that there's something that we have found. And we don't have to tell them that we have found something. We don't have to preach about it. Our lives, the way we live, the way we carry ourselves, love our wives, our children, the way we have life in every area of our lives, in that way people can see <laughs> he's discovered something. There's no greater discovery than the grace and the beauty of Jesus. Friends, the more I discover of Jesus, the more I realize there's so much that I need to discover still. And I wanna to say to every single one of you this morning that Jesus, Jesus is not a religion, friends. For some of us, we like, yeah, Eric, we know that. But hey, listen to what I'm saying this morning. Jesus is not a religion. He's not a set of rules. He's not. Jesus is not a tick list of spirituality. Jesus is not reading your Bible in the mornings and praying at night. Jesus is not coming to church. He's found in all of that, but that's not who He is. He is a person. He is a person that knows you by your name. He created you, formed you in your mother's womb. He loves you so much, so much, so, so much. And Jesus' desire this morning, friends, is not that we would discover spiritual matters, ideas about Him, theological truths about Him. His desire this morning is that we would discover Him. Him. And I wonder if I had to say, open mic this morning and just call people forward and say, take this mic and in one minute, tell us about what you have discovered about Jesus. Some of you that's been with me for, in this church for many years will know at the end of every year, I preach a sermon called, what have I learned about Jesus in whatever year we are in? And you better, better believe it, at the end of 2022, I'm gonna preach a sermon called, what have I learned about Jesus in 2022? Why? Because that's the only discovery that will truly change my 2023. It's not what I've learned about anything else. It's what I have learned about Jesus. Not the ideas, the theology of Jesus about Him as a person. What have I, Erik van Rijn, discovered in my inner room about Jesus? What have I seen an experience that has made me weep, that has moved my heart, that has changed my life. And my discovery will not change your life. You have to have a discovery of your own. Many people come to church every Sunday and cheer on the pastor on his discovery of Jesus. My question to you this morning is, what has been your discovery about Jesus? Because I believe that God wants this church 
to be mobilized as a vehicle of good news into this world that we're living in. Yes. We're seeing what God is busy doing in Durban. It's the good news that has infiltrated yet another city, touching more lives and communities. But you can't go into this world and tell people about my discovery. You've got to tell them about your own. And Jesus is to be found, friends. Hear what I'm saying to you this morning. He wants to be found. Sometimes He hides Himself to be found. I've got a little Oki seated there. He's four years old. He loves playing wegkruiperkie. Check out, I'll kijk eens my daar lekker. Any dad in this place or anybody online, you will agree with me that you don't hide yourself to never be found. If you do that, you're an absolutely horrible dad. Just hide yourself in some place and, and, and your child is looking for like an hour. Eventually he's lying there on the ground crying, ah, with you was my pony. No, nobody plays like that. You hide yourself to be found. Why? Because I know when that little oaky finds me in that cupboard, the joy, yes, the joy <laughs> of, of finding me is what blesses me. Not that I'm able to tell my wife, he didn't find me. I was hiding for two hours. He gave up eventually. I am the man, the alpha male in this house. No, 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 no. I hide myself to be found. So my finance weggrijperkiespeel Come on, that's how we should live our lives. Knowing that there's a God that often feels like He's hiding Himself. But I want to say to you this morning, He's hiding Himself to be found by you. He wants you to discover Him. Listen to this. Verse 45, again. See, now Jesus shifts His focus into a different parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pills. Who does the seeking? We said that's Jesus. It's Jesus that looks for us. It's not the other way around. Our gospel, this religion called Christianity is the only religion in the world where the God searches for man and not man trying to find God. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? You are seated in this church tonight. You're looking online, not because you're great and you found God. It's because He found you. (laughs) He found you. So it's a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Verse 46. Who when he had found a pearl of great price. Say with me again, great price. When he has found a girl, a pull of a girl, a pull, <laughs> a pull. Thanks, Lord, for giving me a girl of great price. Um, when he had found a pull of great price, went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. That word, great price, that stuck with me this week. Great price. What determines a great price? 
What gives me the power to say that this is something of great price? Let's take this water bottle of mine. What determines the price of this water? The price of this water is determined by what you would be willing to pay for it. I can sell this bottle of water for 500 rand. Not one of you will come after the service and say, please, Yera, can I have that bottle of water for 500 rand? Why? Because it's not worth it. I can sell this bottle for five rand and you'll be like, man, it's a good price. I'll buy that little bottle of water for five rand. So the price is determined by what we would be willing to pay for it. Anything, the jeans that you wear, the shoes, your haircut. Some of you are overcharged, seriously. That's why I just started doing my own. <laughs> okay, and because there wasn't much to cut anyway. Um, <laughs> What, is the, what determines the price is what we are willing to pay for it. So here's my question. What did Jesus pay with? What did Jesus give for that pearl of a great price? The merchant looking for a pearl of great price and when he finds it, he says, I'll give my life for it. I'll give my life. Jesus owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. Silver and gold belongs to him. His roads in heaven is made out of gold. It's his paving bricks. Jesus could have said, I will buy this world for a gazillion dollars. He could have. He owns everything. He says, I'll give this galaxy, I'll give the universe to buy them back. Jesus said, no, there's nothing worth more. in his own life. He says, I will pay the highest price. That's why I say, give him your highest praise because that's the best we can do is to give him the highest praise because he paid the highest price. The highest price he paid with his life for you and for me. With his life. With his life. Thank you, you're welcome to be seated. He gives the highest price for a pull of great price. And listen to this, and went and sold all that he had, his life, and he bought it. He bought us. Friends, the first parable, the treasure is Jesus. We stumble upon him. But the second parable, Jesus is speaking about us. He's speaking about people. There's no greater treasure for Him than people. Think with me. Let me ask you this question. If, if, if you had to evacuate your house right now, you had to chase back home and you can take one item with you, what will you take? Some of you are like, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> what will you take? What will be the one item? Please don't say anything now, because that. What 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 was what's that one item that you will take? For some of you, it will be your laptop. For some of you, it will be um, the most expensive leather jacket that you own. 
Some of you, it will be a photo album. What, are you, what will you take if you can take one item? That determines the value. By taking that item, we can all say, well, if that's the item that William took out of ours, that must, must be the most valuable item. Because his response, his action showed us that's what he values most. So what does Christ value most? There's only one thing that he gave his life for and that's for you and for me. If, if God had to, to run into his house and gather one item out of his house, he would gather us. Not this earth, not the universe, not the stars that display his glory, not his throne in heaven, nothing. He will take nothing but us. He will go and he will take people and he showed it to us. He demonstrated that love. It's not a God that preaches and say, one day if I'm tested, I will give my life. No, He gave it. We are here today because Christ gave His life for you and for me, the pearl of great price. He paid the highest price so that He can have us. You see, we can never understand these parables and we will never understand the true meaning of life if we cannot understand value and cost. Even in business terms, for those of you that's business owners, that's the, the, if you don't understand cost and value in your business, you're not doing business. Because there's something that you value that goes at a certain cost. That's how we do business. And everything in life, everything in our spiritual walk works on that same principle, value and cost. Rechard, can I quickly have your phone? I just love Rechard. He's always the guy that I can use as a, a demonstration or a prop. This morning, I'm not asking him to come. I'm just taking his phone, which is a nice phone, by the way. What would you say is the worth, the value of this phone? Let's say 5,000 Rand, okay? That would be an average price for a phone. Some of the, the newest phones I see nowadays cost like 22 grand. I'm like, Jesus help me. I don't know if I've ever paid that for a phone. Are you with me? So this phone is worth 5,000 rand. But if I say to Rechard, this phone belongs to me <laughs> and he can buy it back, then the price is not what's the value of that phone. The question is what's the value of the phone to him? And he might say, well, it's 5,000 rand, take it or leave it. If you don't want it, I'll buy a new one. It's the reality. But what if there's items on this phone? Documents that's not been saved anywhere else. Photos that he's taken with his phone that he's not backed up into the cloud or anywhere else. What's the value of this phone to him then? The value of my phone might be similar, maybe more, I don't know. But there's things on that phone, photos of my children, Thank God they backed up. But if it wasn't, I would pay any price to get my phone back. I know of people that's been robbed, mugged, lost items like a phone that say, Eric, I will pay any price just to get that phone back. Any price to get that camera back. Any price just to get something of value back. Why? Because we value it. That's what determines the cost of what I am willing to pay for it. Value and cost question I'm asking you this morning what is your value 
What is your value? I want to submit to you that some believers are living like they've got no eternal value. And it's because you believe that you haven't got value. Serious. I see people walking around like they've got no value. But I see that same person as one that Christ paid the highest price for. He gave his life for you as a ransom that he can save you so that you can live a life of great value. Then why aren't we living with value? Because we don't understand the cost that he has paid. I'm telling you now, we don't understand how much he values us. That's why we're not living our lives with that kind of value. That's why prophecy is such a powerful tool in the hands of God. That's why you can give a person that's down and out, he's on the verge of suicide, you can give him a prophetic word, which is what? God's intentions for him. You're revealing the heart of the Father to a person in whatever you say. And by by that revelation of the heart of the Father, understanding how much God values me, a word of prophecy can turn a person's life around forever. So how valuable do you believe you are? Please, I'm not trying to make you the, the emphasis of life here. But if you don't believe that you have been bought with a great price, then you will never live your life. You will always live a mediocre life, always settle for poverty, always settle for pain, always settle for disappointment, brokenness. Ja, gaan my hevelik weer, en trou ek maar vierde keer, en dan, so gaan ek net, van brokenness tot brokenness. Nee, that's not what God wants for you. Doesn't want you to believe that you are second best. Settle for poverty, settle for pain, or settle for sickness. No, 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 no friends. That's not God's intention. That's not why Jesus came. He didn't pay an ordinary price. He paid the highest price so that we can live in that kind of a victory. That's why I said to you this morning, there's a spirit of victory in this place because God wants you to understand how He sees you. And if you can understand how He sees you, you will see yourself completely different. You will walk into your workplace tomorrow and you might be um, the, the, the laughing stock of your office, but you can walk into that place tomorrow with the knowledge of God, knowing how much He loves you. And you can look at everything in that office completely different. You can go to that APSA ATM that's got like four and 75 in it and approach that APSA ATM like a millionaire. Jesus. You catch what I'm saying? Then nothing in life determines your value. Not your bank account, not your boss's opinion over you, not what your neighbor says about you, not even what your spouse speaks ill over you. Nothing determines your value, but what He said about my life. (laughs) But what He said. And it's, friends, once again, it's not what Jesus said only. It's what He did. Last question. Jesus was giving these parables about the kingdom. And the question I want to ask this morning is what is the cost 
of the kingdom? What is the value of the kingdom of God? It's one thing to understand that you have been bought with a high price, that you yourself are valued by God. But Jesus did not just tell this parable to make you feel good about you. He said, no, 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 there's a value on your life because I love you and I've planted you into this world to be a value, bull, asset, treasure, seed in this generation. His desire is for you to bear fruit in this kingdom that he was trying to explain to people. And yes, it's about the discovery of Christ before it's about anything else. It's about discovering my worth in Christ. But then I've got to understand that there's a kingdom of God that must be established here on earth. And the question I'm asking you this morning is what is the value of the kingdom? What is the value of the kingdom? I've got to be honest with you in this week, I thought about that question many a time. Jesus, you were trying to explain to people what the kingdom is like so that they will understand the value of the kingdom. What is the value, Jesus? What is the value? I searched the heart of God for myself. Can't come here on a Sunday and share His word with you and I've not had an understanding, a revelation of what Jesus was trying to tell people. God, what is the value of this kingdom? Because I, I want to submit to you, if we don't understand the value of this kingdom, all of us will leave this church in about 20 minutes from now and make no difference in this kingdom. That's why we as preachers are preaching our hearts out to get people mobilized to go into this world, do the very things that Christ commanded us more than 2,000 years ago to do. We're still not doing it. We're still not making disciples. We're still not reaching all nations because we don't understand the value of the kingdom. The more we understand it, the more I understand that I've got a role to play in this kingdom. I can build this kingdom. I can let the kingdom come. Do you know that you can let the kingdom come? You can establish a kingdom here on earth. You've been given the authority and the instruction to do that. But the reason why we are not valuing the kingdom is because we've not paid the price. I wish I could give you another answer this morning and say, friends, I believe this is what God said. But I believe the Lord said to me this week, yet the reason why people don't understand the value, of the, the value of the kingdom is because they've not yet sold everything they've got. Forgive me, friends, if, I, if my response, my answer to that question has not been one that makes you jump up and shout and praise. But it's the God's honest truth, friends. Well, how do I know it? Well, I consider my own life. Every time that I've paid a price, I have made a greater discovery of the kingdom. I've never made a discovery of the kingdom without paying a price. Woe unto us as preachers if we preach messages that says anything but 
there will be a price to pay. This, this parable, Jesus didn't say the man finds a treasure and he sells some to get that. He sells everything, everything. And you know what I've discovered? The more I've given, the more I've sacrificed, the more I've sold, is that that's my privilege, not my sacrifice. Oh, pastor, so what, should I, should I stop drinking? God, I don't know if I can make that sacrifice. Well, if you see it as a sacrifice, you won't. If you see it as your privilege, you will. God, you, you mean I must, I must stop partying with my friends on Friday nights, clubbing? It's a big sacrifice. I don't know if I can do it. Can we talk honest this morning? Come on. We're going to walk out of this place with this message that hovers above our heads. But in our hearts, if we have not decided what we are willing to sacrifice, we'll make no discovery. Come back Sunday for another message. Your life would not have changed. Well, if you see partying and clubbing as a sacrifice, you wouldn't want to give it up. If you see it as your privilege to sacrifice that so that you can just align yourself more with who He has already made you to be, you will. So I should stop swearing. Well, Jesus doesn't swear. Neither did He make you as a person with a foul mouth. Can we talk honest this morning? Is that okay? Yes, I know you in a trap. Forgive me. If you want to scratch a car, just find one that side of the church where I didn't park. Don't scratch my car. Let's be honest this morning, friends. Many of us are still battling in our hearts with what we're willing to sacrifice. That's why you're not seeing the kingdom come. That's why you're not living in joy. That's why the discovery is not one of joy. Because you are still in yourself tugging and warring should you pay the price. It shouldn't be negotiable. Jesus didn't say, hey guys, if you want to take up your cross, then come and follow me. It wasn't an invitation. It was an instruction. You will lay down your life for this discovery. And it's upon laying down everything that you will discover everything. Friends, let me tell you, every great man and woman of God that I have met, that I've seen something in that I don't carry, and I've asked them, what's been the key for you to walk in such love, in such power, in such grace? Every one of them will say, it's come with a price. The more I've sacrificed, the more I've laid down, the more I've just aligned myself with who I'm not and who I actually am, the more I see God living in and through me. And, and, and please, I don't want to try and offend anybody. I, if I speak about drinking and smoking and swearing and clubbing, I'm not trying to offend you. You shouldn't be offended because any man that comes to Christ must profess what Paul professed. Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I that live, it's he that lives through me. If you're still offended, it means that he's not living through you because you can't offend a dead man. negotiated with the things that looks nothing like Christ 
God, we don't look like him. can fool ourselves and we can fool people around us. We cannot fool God. God will never change His word to suit you. I'm sorry to say it, friends. I'm emotional because I've gone through a season in my own life where God has asked me to sacrifice things that I felt on and difficult to lay down at the feet of Christ was difficult until one day my wife said to me it shouldn't be it should be your pleasure to trade the pleasures of this world the affections of your own heart for the things that moves his heart and you don't do God a favor by quit smoking or drinking swearing stealing you don't do him a favor shouldn't pat yourself on the back to be honest friends forgive me this morning but you shouldn't pat yourself or anybody else on the back and say well done no it's something to take pride in it's not who you are it should be our pleasure to sacrifice everything many of us are walking around with little pebbles in our pockets why did I go from there Lord, I love watching this. I love going there. I love doing this. And Jesus is saying, just give me the pebbles. I'll give you pearls. There's treasures in heaven that you know nothing about. But I cannot give it to you if you hold on to that. And friends, I can tell you every time that I've laid down, I've just seen more of him being released into my life. And I desire more. I've reached the place in my life where I've said to him, Jesus, I'll give whatever you want because I want everything you have. I want you. I want you, Jesus, more than anything in my life. Friends, there's many of you that's walking around. You've lost joy. You feel like Christianity has become an effort for you. That's the reason why you're still negotiating with him what you're willing to sacrifice I can't say it any other way and I'm not going to try and do it this morning it's the God's honest truth it's the God's honest truth it's why we're living mediocre lives man it's why we're not seeing the power of God flow through our lives because we're still negotiating with him he's God he doesn't want you to negotiate with him He's God. He's hot. He holds your life in the palm of His hands and He knows every day of your life from now till whenever you will lay down your head. And He's got such great thing, things planned for you. Every one of you. He's got such great things planned for you. 
but he can never give it to people that's still holding on to their own lives. He cannot. Friends, I can't give you two steps, three keys to possess the greatest treasure in life. It's just one key. Sell everything. <laughs> There's no other key here. There's nothing else that Jesus mentioned there. There's no alternative. It's sell everything. Sell everything with joy. Not with heaviness, with joy. And upon that transaction, everything in the kingdom works with transaction. Everything. He traded his life for ours. And everything in this life is based on transaction. There's nothing he will hold back for you from you. Nothing. Nothing in this life. Everything your heart's desire, he'll give to you. But he wants everything. He doesn't just want something. And we have become experts in negotiating with God the areas in which we want to live. What we are willing to give and not give. It, it, it doesn't work that way. You will go around this mountain of frustration for the rest of your life. True story. For the rest of your life. And I don't want to lie on my bed one day at the end of my life. say if I only traded everything then I want to look back on my life and say thank you Jesus that you shared your truth your word with me in such a way that I was moved in my heart to give up everything then so that I can see all of this now people in this place this morning and there's people online this morning you need to make that exchange and you need to make it right now faith the currency of heaven the things that make that transaction is now Hebrews 1 11 1 faith is not go and think about it pray about it meditate on it and then make the exchange it's now it's now to say Jesus I don't know how that price looks but I'm willing to give everything because I want all of you I don't want anybody to respond this morning because your emotions have been moved or your neighbor next to you stands. I want you to consider the treasures that God is able to give. I want you to consider this morning the price that He requires. Everything. And if you're saying, Eric, in this morning, I am willing to make that exchange. 
than forgetting about any person in this place sitting next to you, but focused on the one in heaven that sees you. I want you in this day to make that transaction. You don't have to understand the cost. You just need to make that decision. And if that's you this morning, I want you to stand. And to say, God, I will make that exchange this morning. If you're online with us this morning and that's you, you can just type that in the comment section. Whether Facebook or YouTube and just say, that's me. I am making that transaction this morning. Jesus, I give you praise. sense the tugging the hearts of men and women this morning this is a key moment the word of the Lord always requires a response from us some of you have responded years ago already somewhere in the past you've made that decision to say Jesus I give you all but some of you need to make that decision today And you will forever look back on the 28th of August, 2022 as the day where everything in your life changed. Everything will change in your life today, my friend. Everything will change in your life. There's more people. I just feel like God says there's more people. You have this turmoil within yourself and you know that you've got to give your life to Jesus, not your heart, your life, everything. This is not a salvation call. Might be for some of you. This is a I surrender all call. That's what God is looking for. Jesus, I give you praise. Jesus, I give you praise.
नुस्तीले अंदराना I want you to be conscious of the fact that as you stand today that God takes note of your decision and I'm not saying that to scare you I'm saying that to encourage you because from this day forward he aligns himself to help you and he commits himself to do everything that he can do to see you become everything that he's destined you to be Jesus I thank you for every person standing Jesus says there's more You feel that tugging in your heart There's people here this morning there's stuff in your life that you know that God does not approve of and it feels like this war in you right now You know he does not approve of that in your life but it feels like you just cannot lay that down right now and God says to you this morning trust him put your trust in him that irrespective of how difficult it feels it will be to make the sacrifice that God would help you put your trust in him If that's you stand. Thank you Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, I give you praise. Thank you Lord. Everybody standing, I want you to raise your hands to God. This is a moment between you and him. He will never forget this moment, neither will you. Everything in your life will change today. Everything in your life will change today. I speak the word of the Lord over you today. Everything in your life will change today. Father, I thank you for every person online, Facebook, YouTube, church online that's praying this prayer right now, standing before you. for heaven and hell to take note of that in this day they make a divine exchange that they lay down everything with joy not with sorrow with joy so that they can obtain the treasure of heaven father i speak over them in this day they will not fall back they will not fall back they will not do life in their own strength anymore they will give you everything and father we thank you that every one of them will possess the greatest treasure of all jesus we bless you in this day before i say amen and close in prayer for you for those of you standing i want you to speak to god in your own personal way Don't be led by my prayer. This is a decision that you've made and you will forever look back on this moment. Speak to God just in your own heart in your own way. Say Jesus, I give you everything. With joy I lay down my life before you in this day.
fully surrendered all of God Father, thank you for what you are about to do. For that we give you praise. Church, can we give Jesus praise together? Let's give him praise, church. Can we all stand just for a moment, everybody? Come on, let's just give Jesus praise. What has happened today is the discovery of the greatest treasure that any man or woman can ever find. Give him praise with me this morning for every person that have stood and make a decision, some of them for the first time in their life. Heaven rejoices in this moment. Come on, let's just continue to give Him praise. Let's continue to give Him praise. Jesus, we give You our highest praise in this morning. We thank You for every life that's been changed. We thank You for people that have moved from darkness to light, from themselves to You. And we thank You for the greatest treasure in heaven that we are able to possess. Jesus, we give You glory and honour and praise. And if you agree with that prayer, won't you say Amen. Amen. Come on, let's say Amen again. Amen and Amen. Thank you. You're welcome to be seated. Worship team, join us please. Thank you. Well, I'm going to play something on the screens now, so don't join me at the front as yet. Ladies, thank you. I want to leave something with you before we jump into something else. There's people that you know. There's people that you know. They might be family members. They might be friends. It can be a sibling. It can be a child. It can be a parent. And as you look at their lives, you see them living in defeat. People that have lost joy. People that feel like they've become stuck in something that is not supposed to be what God intended it to be. I'm talking about believers now, not unbelievers. I'm talking about believers, Christians, that feel stuck in their life. I want you to copy this sermon, send it to them in a WhatsApp, share it on Facebook, or just say, go check it out on YouTube. Or you go and preach the sermon to them, even better. And you tell them that you will never walk in true joy. You'll never have the fullness of life until you make the, make the decision to sell everything you own to buy that field. Come on, can we give Him praise again? Please. I said to the Lord, last sentence from my side, I said to the Lord, Lord, I eagerly expect to see in the future what will be the result of what you do in this day. Friends, cannot speak about the pull of great price, being people, and not celebrate what God has done in Durban last night. <laughs> and we just want to take a moment. Um, for those of you that didn't watch the stream last night, um, we launched the Durban Church last night. It was absolutely amazing. Um, 
And, um, and from the beginning, we've, we've said to you that this is one big family. And many of you have prayed into this opening, have sowed into this opening. And we just wanna take a moment and rejoice with you. So we've, um, in the late night, morning hours, thank you to our team down there. They've compiled a, a bit of a feedback video clip of last night. And we just wanna play that to you. Is that right? Can we just rejoice in the pool of great price that's been discovered in Durban? Come on, let's look at this. I'll share some more thoughts.
and uh, we're going to grow stronger each day. I know this church is going to just grow from strength to strength and bigger and bigger. So I joined the church when I went there. There was only seven of us. Uh, so I've seen the church grow from like seven of us. And um, from day one, I was so excited just to hear Pastor Gibbati. He just absolutely blew me away. And um, so I've actually seen this, this church grow and grow and grow. And now I am so excited about our new building. I cannot tell you how excited I am. Been in Power Church since February this year. I must say it was definitely the, the best church I've ever joined. Um, my life journey started as quite rocky. Um, and I must say the people makes you feel the part of the family. And I must say this is definitely the, the, the church where you feel family, you know, there's, there's always support, there's always the pastors helping you, there's friends, fellowship, and it's really nice going with them. Um, they help you grow, they help you survive through, through the tough times, they show you the light at the end of the tunnels, and then just the God's words that come through all of them all the time. Hey, come on, that's something to give Jesus praise for. Amazing. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you, you're welcome to be seated. Hey, can you imagine? Who thought about this a year and a half ago? A year and a half ago, two people that put up their hand and say, God, we, we're willing to be used by you. They discovered something of this treasure said, God, we want people to discover this with us. Just invited people to their home. You saw the photo. First Sunday, just four people, some kids. A year and a half later, there's a building, a place that we call our church. Eh? Whenever you go down to Dibs, you just go down to your own church there. Man. Eh? It's like, hey, good. Part of the family. And we want to thank you this morning for every person that has prayed with us. It's just been a journey of great faith. We've stepped out and we've stretched ourselves in many ways because we believe in the call of God there. And it's not the only and the last call. There's many more to come, friends. <laughs> There's many more to come. We're going to plant many more churches. And we want to thank you from Empower Church for every person that's prayed with us. Every person that's helped us. Some of you have contributed in, in, in time. We had some of our Pretoria people down there last night. I heard some of them were just there for the service. They ended up volunteering there as well and just serving people. And just awesome. Thank you. Thank you for every person that's sowed into this vision. You've got no idea what power your seed carries. Jesus tells the story. He says, it's like a farmer. 
that goes and he puts seed in the ground. And he goes to bed and he rests, he sleeps. And while he's sleeping, God is busy taking that seed and he creates a supernatural harvest. And the next morning that man wakes up and he looks out on his field and there stands a harvest. This is what we see in Durban. It's a seed sown by faith into what, I love what Apostle Neville said last night, into virgin soil, new soil in Durban. We put, we put our seed down there and God takes that seed and He makes a supernatural harvest grow. In a couple of weeks, two weeks, we've put together what you see there on those photos. We moved from a venue that we rented literally two weeks ago to that church in two weeks. Just a supernatural harvest. And we wanna thank every single one of you that have sowed into that vision. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And this morning as we're gonna take up our tithes and our offerings, I wanna encourage you, don't stop. There's more that God wants to do in Durban, Cape Town, Secunda, many other locations that God will still bring our way. People that needs to be reached. There's no greater place. Can I just say this? I spoke to a gentleman last week. He said to me, Eric, I wanna put seed in the ground. How do I know what ground to put it in? I said, it's easy. It's gotta be fruitful. And it's gotta be something that God has interest in. It's gotta be something that moves his heart. So I said to the guy, what moves God's heart? And he said, people. I said, well, then sow it into people. So I wanna to say to you this morning, as you sow a seed this morning, sow with that mindset that you sow into something that has eternal value. Your money might have bought some speakers and lights and they will one day not work anymore. But the effect of your sowing on the lives of people will forever live on. So for those of you that will be sowing into this vision again this morning, sow with that mindset. Sow with an eternal mindset. Sow with an eternal mindset. I wanna pray for you, can I? And then we're gonna honor the Lord with our giving and I'm handing over to Pastor Stefan that'll be sharing some announcements with us. Father, I thank you for every person that have been generous in sowing into a vision that's all about people. Thank you for the lives that's been changed, the impact that's been made in Durban. We blessed, Lord, to see last night a full house of people celebrating Jesus, a church that's been birthed to change a city. And Father, I pray even this morning that you will move our hearts. I include myself, stir my heart again, Lord, to sow into something of eternal value. And I ask, Lord, in this morning, if I may, as I pray for people sowing, that they themselves will see a harvest. That as they sow into what moves your heart, that you will give them the things that moves theirs, Lord. We don't give to receive, but I thank you, God, that as we give, we know that we cannot outgive you. You always give. And I pray for people this morning that needs to see a harvest of their own in whatever way 
that they themselves will experience for themselves the goodness, the gracious provision of their Lord. Father, I bless your people as I give this morning. And we love you as we do. In Jesus' name. Amen.